It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Giants got a bunch of their big offensive pieces back last night prior to the game against the Rockies. And guess what? The offense, yes, it's Coors Field, but they were relentless. And the Giants at full strength have one of the best position player groups in Major League Baseball. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, so check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB, and when you and when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style cooler with every order. So yeah, uh, coming up on today's show, we're going to get into the fact that the Giants suddenly, like when they get at full strength and they're able to add back Tyro Estrada, they're able to add back Jock Peterson, uh, Michael Conforto is able to be in the starting lineup, Mike Yastrzemski, who missed a game or two with a side issue, is back in that lineup. Suddenly, it's one of the deeper lineups in the league. And yes, we are looking at Coors Field and the Giants won this game, by the way, 10-4 to to improve their record back to 500. they They've played exactly 60 games, and they're 30-30. and So it's not something to get overly excited about, except they, they haven't had their full-strength lineup, and they've also had some pitching problems that hopefully will not continue over the next 102 games that remain in the season. But just the point I wanted to make, I mean, just the lineup itself. How about just mentioning what it, what it was? Lamont Wade Jr., who, by the way, came up to the plate six times and he got on base all six times. So this man is having a total all-star caliber season. He might not make it because he's a first baseman and first base is really deep in the National League. But my goodness, has Lamont Way Jr. been a good player for the Giants? And then Tyro Estrada, another guy very much deserving of going to the All-Star game, returns to the lineup and gets three hits. Lamont Wade had three hits as well. Tyro also drew a walk. So uh, four times on base for Estrada, six times on base for Wade. Jock Peterson returns to the lineup after a lengthy stint on the injured list with a bruised a bone bruise in his hand after getting hit by a pitch, and he just does his normal thing, which is be an imposing left-handed bat who's just a real threat against any right-handed pitcher. And J.D. Davis, honestly, also having an all-star caliber season, and he contributed with a walk and a big um, double that, according to some home run tracking 
kind of tools would have been a home run in literally every other park in the major leagues except Colorado. It's just really, really deep out to that particular spot that he hit it. He just crushed it. And Michael Conforto, we haven't even seen the best of him. We've certainly seen him get hot, but him being back in the lineup, picking up a hit and a walk. Mitch Haniger, he kind of continued his struggles in some big situations, but also flashed what he's capable of doing, which is, you know, he hit a, I believe it was a double, and he also drew a bases loaded walk. Mike Yastrzemski batting down in the lineup against a right-handed pitcher just goes to show you the depth of the lineup. He's a good hitter against right-handed pitching, like a real good hitter. And the fact that he's batting seventh for you in this lineup just goes to show you how deep it is. And then Patrick Bailey had one of his better games as a giant, went three for five and hit a triple and two doubles. And and honestly, he could have had two homers. He literally missed one homer by like an inch or two like it hit the very top of the fence out in right field and then he hit another ball to dead center field that hit pretty high up on the fence as well so it could have been easily a two homer game for Patrick Bailey and the more he plays well the more I just Joey Bart is rehabbing a triple a I'm checking on the box scores like yesterday I don't I don't have it pulled up but off memory he was like 0 for 4 with two strikeouts and so they're not going to be in a rush to just like bring back Joey Bart and send out Patrick Bailey. So that's a very interesting dynamic. Also, batting ninth, Brandon Crawford, uh, Casey Schmidt, notably like not in the lineup, despite, you know, it wasn't like a rest day in particular because they had the day off yesterday. But, you know, his at bat quality hasn't been great as of late. And I think that they're kind of viewing it for now as a situation where, I don't know, he can fill in pretty much anywhere in the infield at any time, but also against a left-handed pitcher, I don't think they want Crawford in that lineup. So Casey Schmidt, with some of the poor swing decisions we've seen from him, if you look at the splits, he's he's destroyed lefties and really struggled against righties. It's obviously a small sample, but just noteworthy that Schmidt wasn't in the lineup and Crawford was. Crawford hit a big double, but that was kind of it. But also his defense has been better after he had some struggles. So just basically my point is this lineup is one of the like, and when I say lineup, I'm including the fact that these guys are out there on defense as well, uh, just and and running the bases. So if you go by something as simple as fan graphs wins above replacement, because every site is going to you know, every site that puts out a war number is going to have, they're not, it's war is not the same as like home runs where you can literally just count how many do you have. It's a formula. And so different sites have different formulas. And so therefore it's not perfect. It's not precise, but I'm using fan graphs. I think they're the best. And according to fan graphs, the Giants position player mix has been the seventh best in major league baseball with 9.6 Fangraphs wins above replacement. The teams ahead of them, the Rays, the Rangers, who are having a great year, the Dodgers, the Blue Jays, the Braves, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So all teams that have really good records are the only teams ahead of the Giants in this category. And 
at full strength. Like this is including playing time from guys who didn't contribute, like Brett Wisely and Bryce Johnson and Joey Bart, etc. But at full strength, and you know, can you really keep a full strength lineup for an extended period of time? Probably not, because injuries happen all the time. But even with the injuries and stuff and underperformance from guys like Mitch Haniger, they're still rating as the seventh best position player group in the major leagues. And so, I don't know. I think we saw it on display last night. What we also saw on display last night, though, was that the Giants, despite scoring 10 runs, it somehow felt a little bit like a disappointment in terms of they should have scored more. They had they had eight doubles. They had like 11 walks. And they just had a million base runners and they kind of, yeah, they literally did have 11 walks. They had eight doubles. They had a triple. They didn't hit any homers for those of you who love when they don't hit homers for whatever reason. I mean, a home run with all those guys on base would have been nice. But uh, ultimately, was it a little bit disappointing? Like they struck out 16 times in this game. And is the hitting with runners in scoring position, that kind of stuff. It's stuff I don't often talk about. Is it a concern? We'll look at the numbers and see what the numbers have to say about it. And we will do that in just a minute. But before we do, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, honestly, mental health for a long time has been a bit of a stigma. It's been a stigma in baseball, and I think that that's changing. And I think that in our personal lives, we should do the same thing. I know that for me, I have had incidents in my recent past that, like to be perfectly open and honest with you, that have prompted me to seek out help. And when I tried to hold it all inside, it was just kind of a disaster and led to more and more compounding problems. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, and it doesn't have to be for like a super traumatic event, it can be for just the stresses of everyday life and having somebody on your side who can help you work through whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is, then give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnMLB. All right, as promised, we are going to discuss something that I don't, I literally have been doing, I almost have done a thousand episodes of Locked on Giants. We'll be having some kind of celebration when we get there. I'm at like 980 So we've done a lot of these shows and rarely have I, perhaps even almost never have I discussed the Giants hitting with runners in scoring position, but we're going to do a little bit of that today because I think people have some perhaps valid concerns and we'll discuss what those are. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Guess what? Another game in Colorado. Same time, same place. Giants uh, played the Rockies at 540 Pacific, and you can catch 
every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Giants. It's Logan Webb on the mound for the Giants against a pitcher, frankly, that they should do well against another right handed hitter. So I would expect like almost an identical lineup given how grindy and good they were last night. But despite all the grindiness and base runners that they had, like really they they could have scored 20 runs and nobody would have been surprised based on the walk total and the double total and all that. But they didn't. And so, you know, some of the comments I got in in the post-game tweets and all that was that there were too many strikeouts and then we're often hearing about situational hitting. And so I'm going to do a little bit of a dive into that. Yes, the Giants struck out 16 times, which is a lot. And and it's a Rocky staff that I mean it's not like you're facing I don't know uh, Spencer Strider, one of the best strikeout pitchers in the game. You're facing the Rockies in Coors Field. is It's just kind of an alarmingly high uh, strikeout rate in this particular game. But on the season, yeah, I mean, the Giants still are worst in the National League with a strikeout rate of 26.1%. But, uh, you know the the league average. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly pull that up. Twenty three percent, twenty two point eight. So really, we're talking about like three percentage points, roughly. So yeah, it's I don't know. I just don't think it's that big of a deal. And Farhan Zaidi, the president of baseball operations, has said repeatedly that for them, like they don't mind the strikeouts if it's part of a good at bat. And so they're obviously looking more at the process versus the actual result. And they're saying like, we're a team that works a lot of counts and we get to a lot of like, think about Lamont Wade, right? He's always in a full count and Conforto, you know, these guys are taking pitches and ultimately if you're not just like putting the ball in play immediately and you're at bat, you're probably going to have a higher, higher strikeout rate. So I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. But sometimes it certainly comes back to bite you. Like certain situations call for putting the ball in play. And some of you might be thinking every situation calls for putting the ball in play. I might disagree with you there. Sometimes like putting the ball in play is actually worse, but usually not. But imagine like bases loaded one out and you're thinking, I need a sack fly here to get that run across. But what if you put it in play and it's a double play? Then you literally would have been better off striking out. So I'm not saying, okay, yeah, intentionally strike out, but there are situations where it is better to strike out than put the ball in play, such as a double play in that bases loaded scenario. So the strikeouts remain high. I will point out for those of you who are maybe going to argue with me and say that it hasn't come down like I said it would. I said it was going to come down when it was in the high 30s. And so for sure, it has normalized to a more reasonable number here at 26%, but it's still worst in the National League. The Twins are the only team with a higher strikeout rate at 26.9 to the Giants, 26.1. But let's talk about runners in scoring position because I literally never talk about this. And the reason I don't is because of two two things. Number one is that I don't consider... First, okay, number one is that I don't think that your results with runners in scoring position is something that is like uh, sustainable or that it's 
some kind like indicative of anything. I think that if you give a big enough sample, you're probably going to ultimately have similar results with runners in scoring position that you have when runners are not in scoring position. And so it's one of those things. Like if we just if we were to look at like the Giants statistics on days of the week, we would probably find that on certain days of the week this year, they've been much better than on other days of the week. Does that mean anything? No. And so what gets me too is that a lot of times I think people think that the stats guys like myself believe just any kind of stats like that are relevant. But what people like me care about are what's predictive and what's relevant. And so, yeah, okay, so let's say the Giants, man, they just do so much better on Wednesdays than any other day of the week. That doesn't mean when when the next Wednesday, I guess that's today, comes around that we should expect they're going to be better today because it's a Wednesday. It's just you get at okay, so that uh, with that said, I did play baseball not at the, not at a super high level, but I understand that in pressure situations you can certainly like tense up and do worse. And I have seen some of that at times. And certainly when your team is like struggling and you're in one of those situations, you might be just trying to do too much. And that that's certainly a factor. But over the course of 162 games, I just think that ultimately it's not something that's going to be predictive, just like the days of the week thing. But with that said, let's look. What are the Giants numbers with runners in scoring position this year? Well, they've been good. They're they're. They've got a 109 weighted runs created plus with 100 being league average. And on the season, their weighted runs created plus is 105. So they've been better than they've been overall. So that would mean that their numbers with runners not in scoring position are worse than their numbers with runners in scoring position. They've got a 321 on base, 450 slugging with runners in scoring position. Strikeout rate, though, with runners in scoring position 26% and that is second highest in the game. But again, their their overall strikeout rate is 26.1%. So it's not any different. Maybe it just stands out more to you when there are those situations. And so I don't I don't have the like sack flat like runner on third less than two out numbers pulled up. I probably should have done that and perhaps we'll revisit that tomorrow like cuz that's something you can look up it's another thing where you have to understand that people feel like that's like an automatic run. Like you have to score that guy. But the last time I checked, it's about 50-50 that you're not going to score that guy from third. And so the Giants, like they probably are in that range where some a lot of the time they're not going to get that guy in. And that's just, that's baseball. It's not an automatic run. And so the that's that i don't have the numbers for that to tell you today but everydayers stay tuned tomorrow and i'll probably get you that if i can remember uh but the other reason i don't often talk or ever talk about runners in scoring position numbers is because is because what is it because it's because of the fact that what is a runner in scoring position what do we what does that mean if you don't know, what it means is run runners on second and or third. Second base is scoring position. Obviously, third is as well. And the idea behind calling it scoring position is that a single will probably 
score a run, but not always even. Like you might get a single or and get thrown out at the plate or be held up or whatever. But my issue with that is if you're a home run hitter, are you not in scoring position in the batter's box? Is Aaron Judge not in scoring position every single time he steps up to the plate? And then therefore, by extension, anybody on first with a guy like that, are they not in scoring position because you hit homers? And what about doubles? Like if you're a team like the Giants that hits a lot of home runs and extra base hits, then just stepping up to the plate is scoring position. So I I just don't put an emphasis on runners on second. Like what is your statistics with runners on second and or third? Like if you're just even a solo homer is better than a hit with a guy on second where you get thrown out of the plate or have to be held up at third. Uh, And then if you hit a double with a guy on first, that's often a run as well. So just the idea it's just once again overvaluing the single, which is, you know, singles are fine, but uh, we overvalue them. And that's what batting average, that's one of the main issues with average is that we don't, average doesn't care if it's a single or a homer. Homer is a lot more valuable than a single. And yet batting average literally does nothing to differentiate between those two. So it's like in basketball, if you're counting free throws and two-pointers and three-pointers and lumping them all together and saying shooting average and then you know you're overvaluing the guys who like just make free throws and undervaluing the guys who make a lot of three-pointers by doing that and that's exactly what we do with batting average and that's the problem with batting average with runners in scoring position but like I said you might have thought the Giants are bad in this category but actually they are uh, not. And guess who's last, by the way, in weighted runs created plus with runners in scoring position? The San Diego Padres. So haha. Anyway, coming up in just a minute, we are going to get into uh, the pitching. Sean Manaya once again, bulk innings guy in this game. Wasn't a pretty final line, but I thought once again that he actually pitched pretty well. And just overall, another win in a bullpen game for the Giants. So we'll talk about how they got it done in Coors in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the best pair of shorts I've ever owned. And I knew that immediately the second I put my new two pairs on. Uh, because they they were extremely comfortable. Before I even got a look at them, I was like, wow, the, I don't even care if they look good because they're so comfortable. And then I walked out to my girlfriend in the living room and I showed her, you know, she wanted to see how they looked. And instantly her reaction was, these are the best looking shorts that you have ever had. That's what she said. That's literally, I'm not lying. That's literally what she said. And As soon as I had put them on, I thought they were the most comfortable shorts that I had ever worn. And so you get the comfort, you get the style, and you get the flexibility because they're comfortable and they look good that you can wear them anywhere, hanging out with friends, going to a work meeting, playing golf, whatever. So you can get your own pair. Uh, Go to birddogs.com, get your own pair or 10 uh, slash birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and enter promo code locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. All right. As promised, 
as I put my Yeti-style tumbler down, uh, we are going to discuss the pitching in a bullpen game in Colorado, like always moaning and groaning, I think, among some for bullpen games, but the Giants continue to just have success in them. And so it's like, yeah, okay, you might not like the aesthetics of it, and I get that, but they won again in a bullpen game, a game started by John Brebbia. And really, you can think of it like a Sean Manaya start. It's just like it starts with Brebbia and then Manaya goes five-ish innings and then the bullpen goes the rest of the way. Just imagine Manaya started and then it was Brebbia and then the rest of the bullpen guys. What's the difference? It's just pitchers taking down innings in a game. And so... I mean, four runs allowed in Coors is kind of like two runs allowed anywhere else, honestly. And so the pitching did its job. And I mean, never at any point did this lead feel safe, even though it's 10 to four was the final score. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every dayers. Tomorrow, same time, same place. Giants are playing the Rockies uh, at 540 Pacific. They've got Logan Webb on the mound. And so... This is a situation, as I said, now you're back at 500, it is time, it is long past time to break away. You've got your full strength squad, you've got your ace on the mound, it is time to break away from that 500 mark, so hopefully every day or tomorrow we'll be hearing about us talking about the Giants going over 500 and hopefully never looking back. Like I said, they play the Rockies tonight at 540 Pacific and you can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast, which is always great, on Sirius XM with the SXM app search Giants. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the pitching. Uh, it got a little dicey in the first inning with John Brebbia. He did lo- end up loading the bases with one out and he got out of it so that was kind of a miracle and the game could have totally changed in that inning the Giants got no runs in the first because the umpire was horrible all due respect like to the profession I guess but I mean it's a hard job these are the best that we've got but it's too hard of a job because you can tell from your living room you can do a better job from your living room calling balls and strikes than uh, the umpire can from the game from the game itself from standing behind home plate. Uh, these pitches are nasty. They they're much nastier than they look on television, and they miss calls all the time. And the Giants had the Michael Conforto had just a horrible call. So anyway, no runs for the Giants in the first, and then the Rockies had something going against Brebbia in the bottom of the first, but they got lucky. A line drive out to J.D. Davis with the bases loaded and one out. And then I think it was a fly ball to Yastrzemski. And so the rest was kind of history. They then went to Ryan Walker, who continues to impress. He went one inning, struck out two, and just the overall numbers so far for Walker and just the poise and uh, just has been a nice addition to this bullpen, a guy we haven't talked about a lot, but has just quietly gone out there and done his job like pretty much every time. But the bulk guy I want to mention here, Sean Manaya. So the ERA is not going to look pretty. He ends up with, what is it, a 6-10 ERA after this start, like on the season. He's got a 6-10 ERA. But frankly, I'm going to make the case here that he's been better than that. He's deserved better than that. Like if we look back over his last, what is it now, four appearances, they've all been in this similar fashion where he's kind of followed up on an opener like John Brebbia or whatever. And if you combine 
those four appearances, including last night where he gives up four runs in four and two thirds in Colorado. He was pitching really well and then gave up a couple runs late in the outing. Uh, but you know, he, he walked one. That's one of the things is early on in the season, he just had command issues left and right. But if you look at, okay, the last four outings, he's thrown 13 and two thirds innings. So obviously not a ton of innings per outing. One of them was one and a third. The rest were three and two thirds, 4.0 innings, and then four and two thirds. And so largely he's going about four innings here. And over those four outings, he has a 2.63 ERA, including 7.71 ERA last night. So he he was actually 0-0-0 for the first three outings. So 2.63 ERA, 1.38 fielding independent pitching, 2.77 expected fielding independent pitching. And it gets kind of even more, I don't want to quite call it exciting, but just what is how has he done this? He's got a 33 strikeout rate in these relief appearances over the last four. And the walk rate is just 7%. So league average strikeout rates about 23%. And again, he's here at 33.3. So 10 points above league average. League average walk rate is, I don't know, 8% or so. And he's at seven. So he's certainly not having an issue with walks. Generally speaking, he has not allowed a home run in these last four outings. Opponents hitting 226 against him. I don't see the slugging here as I look at the numbers, but the he's just like in counting last night. It's a tough environment. He was throwing strikes. He gave up a couple late runs, but I don't know. I saw a lot of, I was looking at comments on Twitter and a lot of people were like, why is Manaya still on this team? DFA Manaya? No. And that's not going to happen. And he's been good in this role. And so eventually he might earn himself a start, but it's it works out pretty well to just do the Brebia followed by Manaya thing. And they have the flexibility with Tristan Beck, also a long guy, to go from, you know, if the team like the Minnesota Twins did, if they load up with a bunch of righties anticipating Manaya, you can go to Beck and then it forced the Twins to make a bunch of pinch hitting moves in like the second or third inning. Uh, so it's kind of a strength, actually, I would say. And I don't know, Manaya, I thought, did a good job despite the kind of lines, five strikeouts in four and two thirds, one walk. I thought he pitched better than the final line. Anyway, Luke Jackson, one and a third, scoreless. And Scott Alexander with a clean ninth inning to close it out. So I thought the pitching, like I said, four runs in Denver is like two runs. So pitching, I thought, did a really good job to help the Giants win this game. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day, you know what's coming up tomorrow. Logan Webb against the Colorado Rockies. Giants, please, please just push past that 500 mark. 500 last year, 81 and 81, and now 30 and 30. People are tired of 500. Go past it. Go past. And they And we might be talking about that tomorrow. So, uh, you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Play, they play the Rockies tonight at 540 Pacific. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance. And thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.